Welcome to the Senior One Care Conversations podcast, where communication leads to knowledge and knowledge allows us an opportunity to be our best self. I am your host, Kyle Bossing, and I am the president and co-founder of Senior One Care. Thank you for joining our show today. And have you ever wondered to yourself, do I have what it takes to become a leader? In today's episode, which will be the first in a three-part series, we will discuss the key attributes of what it takes to become a successful leader. I suggest grabbing your smartphone or a piece of paper to jot down some notes because you will not want to miss out on this informative discussion. Our guest today is Carl Bossing. And yes, for those of you who have connected the dots and realized we both have the same last name, Carl is related to me, and I have had the great privilege of calling him my father for the past four decades, and it's not often you have an opportunity to interview a family member, but I'm going to enjoy every minute of the next two episodes. My guest, who is not shy, by the way, may even share an embarrassing story or two before these episodes are completed. And while I know this man is my father... For the sake of today's episode, I will be calling him Carl, which I know is not customary, but I feel it will be easier for our listeners to understand. So without further ado, hi, Carl, and welcome to today's program. Well, thank you, Kyle. I look forward to it, uh, and it should be uh, interesting dialogue. I would like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. You have had Such an amazing career with many different milestones and numerous personal and professional accomplishments. I thought it'd be nice if you could simply share with our audience a little bit more about your career and how you got to be into the position uh, where you are today. Well, as you know, Kyle, I spent 40 years as a CPA in the accounting firm Crow as a partner. And I started there right out of college when the company had about 20 people. Uh, When I left, it had about 3,500. So I saw a lot of growth. And I was fortunate enough to get into a special area at the very beginning of my career. And I was the first person in the organization that specialized in the financial industry. By the time I left, 40 years later, we had close to 500 people in that group. And it was a group that I, I managed for probably 20 years uh, it had you know close to 500 people but 50 of those people were fellow partner owners uh, of the organization and they were located like in 16 offices basically what happened is I retired after 40 years and I wanted something to do in retirement I wanted to teach you and other family members what I learned over the uh, years at Crow and so we started senior one care and that was 15 years ago and and at Crow, as well as at Senior One, I've just spent a lot of time mentoring people uh, and trying to uh, grow the organization. And in doing that, I, I found that it was necessary to, to develop people uh, into leaders. So that they had leadership skills that would point the companies, either Crow or <coughs> Senior One Care, in the right direction. So that's basically what I've done over about a 55-year career. 
Yeah, and as I said, there there's been many different personal and professional accomplishments that you've had along that uh, illustrious career, and we're all very thankful to have your guidance within the company that you and I had started at uh, at Senior One Care. And I guess before we get started, let's provide some color for our listeners regarding the content that we're about to go through. The attributes which we're going to be discussing have become folklore around the offices of Senior One Care, and it's not unusual in our company to have Carl invite you to lunch and go through these six leadership attributes. And it's almost become a ritual for any new member who joins our team. It's you go through your onboarding, your training, then you schedule your lunch with Carl to review the leadership attributes. And I personally have a framed copy on my desk, and it's been a great resource for me. And I feel our listeners will find them beneficial as well, which is I'm, which is why I'm really excited uh, to go through some of them today. So let's start our discussion with more of a timing question. When did you realize you were a leader? Was there a defining moment in your professional career where you said, okay, Carl, you have a big responsibility here. You probably need to change your behaviors if you're going to be leading uh, people within uh, the company. So was there a defining moment in your career where where you just, you, the light switch kind of went off? I would say not really. Um, it was an evolution over a period of time. But what I found was that as an organization grows and there's more people that you're working with in that organization, you need to have direction. And I think... <laughs> I, the, the thing I learned was fairly early on that there's a, a marked difference between management and people in management and people who are leaders. And, you know, management is is primarily implementing a plan. You know, it's measurement focused, uh, you know, focused on operational excellence, you know, trying to achieve a goal. Whereas leaders you know, they're, they're pointing the organization in a direction. They've created a vision where you're going. It's, it's almost like management being a, a ship on the ocean trying to, you know, move along in the right direction, whereas the leadership is really pointing that ship as to where it ought to be going next. And so I, I learned that very early on, and as you get more people that you're uh, responsible for or connected with a group, you say, hey, somebody's got to step up and give direction because if we don't, we're just a rudderless ship out there in the ocean, you know, moving along without knowing where where exactly we're going to go. So I, I think it was, you know, probably three or four years into my career as the uh, at Crow, as the organization started to grow, I said, hey, you know, I got to step up uh, and, and do a lot more. Interesting. And Along those lines, and I'm not even sure if I've ever asked you this question over our working career, but I'm sure you've heard it before about whether or not you feel that leaders are born or are they developed. Uh, how would you answer that question? No doubt. Leaders are developed. No one is born a leader. I wasn't born a leader. You're not born a leader. It's the experiences that you have and the attitude that you have based upon the role that you play 
that over time develops those leadership skills. So leaders really are developed. They're not they're not born. And as we we talk through these six leadership attributes that you created, I'm guessing there had to be a defining moment when you decided to create this list. So for our listeners' purposes, you know, what inspired you to create the list of attributes, and, and when did that happen during your career? Well, it happened – actually, the, the list was developed after I left Crow, but the, the attributes were things that I was uh, looking for in people while I was at Crow. And by way of background, what happened was that uh, oh, years and years ago, Crow was – uh, growing rapidly, and we had made a determination that we did not have enough leaders being developed, and we didn't have a leadership development program that was going to take us uh, into the future. And and we determined that we were going to have to develop some kind of specific program to identify people who could be future leaders, and then put them through a, a leadership development uh, a series of activities, which was about a two-year program. So in my responsibility there, normally we have 10 people a year go through this two-year program. And I was managing about a third of Crow's business. So I'd get three of the 10 would be people I would nominate uh, for the program. And many people would ask me after I made these nominations of people, well, why would you, why would you select that person? Because that would not be a person that I would have thought you would want to put in the leadership program. And I would say, well, I don't know. I just, uh, I've talked to him a few times and I see something in them that I think uh, they're going to be leaders. And as it turned out, many of those people then did become leaders in Crow. A couple of them, you know, they're since retired, but they uh, actually became leaders. They were the CEOs of, of Crow's worldwide organization. So, and many of them were board members. In fact, the current chairman, the board of, of Crow Today is a woman that was I mentored and who went through this program. So I would keep getting the question asked of me, how do you, what, what are you looking for in these people? And I said, I don't know. I'll go to lunch with them. I'll talk to them. I'll get some input from others and I'll pick them. And so it wasn't until after I retired that I had the time to really sit down. And I spent a, several days thinking about what was I really looking for in leadership attributes? And as a result, I uh, developed this list of six primary things that I was really looking for uh, in, a, in a leader. And that's what I, I believe in, and I, I still believe it today. And that's what I look for tenure one care in people who uh, I hope you know, step up and, and assume greater and greater responsibilities and, and really lead rather than just manage. Well, wow. no, that's a that's that's a really good philosophy and and background, and I appreciate you you sharing that for our listeners uh, because I do feel it builds a nice base uh, as we get into you know what these six attributes are. So I guess without further ado, let let's just get right into the the meat and potatoes of our discussion and start to go through the the list for our listeners. So uh, number one on the list is integrity. 
And I'm guessing we all can come up with our own definition of what integrity means to to each and every one of us. But you have integrity defined as someone who does what is right so that others will want to follow and emulate. So maybe let's start there. And, you you know, how did you come up with that specific definition for integrity? Well, you know, in, integrity involves the consistency of behavior, and it means doing the right thing, doing things right, and people see that and recognize it and believe and trust that you will do the right thing. Integrity, when in terms of leadership, is the foundation. You can have all these other attributes, these other five attributes that we're going to be discussing. If you don't have integrity, it doesn't mean anything. The other five you can be great at, but if you can't be trusted and you can't demonstrate a pattern of behavior that other people will want to follow, will want to follow you, then everything else is for naught. And so it's a, it's a consistency. Uh, it takes time uh, in many cases, and you, you've got to make certain that you maintain that trust in people by doing the right thing all the time. Not just some of the time, but all the, all the time. Yeah, and I'm and I'm guessing that's that's difficult for some people as they're kind of going and starting off on their on their leadership journey because they're they're not really sure where to start. But it sounds like integrity is by far, um, you know, number one in in terms of what you need in in, in terms of these leadership. So. You know, what what would be some examples of of having integrity at work? I'm guessing there's a million of them, but do you have any that just kind of come off the top of your head as to some examples of having integrity? Well, I I think there's a lot of different things relative to integrity that take place day to day. But number one, it's, it's treating everyone fairly and consistently, whether you are a fellow employee, whether you're a customer, whether you're a a person in the community that might be a referral source. You treat everybody honestly, and you do it on a consistent basis. Um, and I think many times people, they look at financial gain uh, by by doing making a decision basically for financial gain that may destroy that integrity. People make decisions and say, yes, let's do this, let's do that. And then they find out later that, oh, you know, if I didn't do that, even though I told this person I was going to do it, I could I could uh, get higher financial gain. And that really destroys it. When that happens, that kind of thing happens. And it happens a lot in business. Uh, when it happens, it really destroys the relationship and that confidence that I have in that person that they're always going to do the right thing. And I would want to be a part of that person's uh, group or that or I want to be a, a deal with that person or I want to be a person that he's he or she's a person that I want to follow. So I think a lot of times integrity is broken down because of greed and people see an opportunity for financial gain, even though I told somebody or I've acted in this particular way for a long period of time and people would expect me to act this way. I see financial benefits, so I'm not going to do it. And that basically ends up with somebody you can't trust. And when you can't trust them, they're not going to be a leader. You're not going to want to follow them. So now now some 
who are listening may have some feelings of, okay, well, I'm trying to do the right thing at work or, you know, wherever they are in their in their life. And it's just really difficult maybe to get buy-in or it's just really hard wherever they are in, in their professional journey to get everyone else to buy in. So I'm guessing it, it does take some some fortitude to do what's right, even in the face of others not either buying in or others not completely on board with, you know, whatever the situation may be. So I guess for those that are saying like, it, it's pretty hard to, to sometimes do the right thing wherever they are in their position at work, I guess, what would you tell those individuals? Well, I, I think the key thing is that you want to follow your conscience and you, you, you want to follow people who are going to do the right thing and they're going to do it on a consistent basis. I think people know right and wrong. And you, you know, this, this integrity thing is, is an issue that happens over a period of time. It doesn't happen just in, in a, uh, you know, a day or a week. It's a consistent pattern of behavior where you're, you basically are doing the right thing. You're treating others right. And if you do it long enough, people are going to realize, that, yes, this is the type of person you are, and this is this is how you operate. And and it's just so key in terms of that foundation for leadership, because if you don't have that, if people don't feel that way about you, then they're not going to look at you as a leader, and they're not going to want to follow you as a leader. And they'll say, hey, I don't think that's right, and I'm not going to necessarily do what that person thinks I ought to do or wants me to do. So it really just destroys all of your ability to lead people. If you don't do the right thing, treat others right on a consistent basis, and you do it over a long period of time. Yeah, and I, I mean, such powerful words there. And, you know, as you had mentioned, if integrity is that, base layer, that strong structure and foundation that we have in terms of kind of building our leadership, then the next attributes that we're going to be going through are going to be those additional layers that, that kind of strengthen that leadership uh, within each and every one of us. And so let's, let's move on uh, to number two on the list, which is continuous improvement. And you have continuous improvement defined as promotes meaningful change and innovation for the organization's competitive advantage, aspiring to personal improvement and effectiveness for the benefit of the organization. And I guess to me, I can see this correlating really well with, with even self-awareness. And so I guess, do you kind of look at continuous improvement? Is it more of a mindset or an acquired discipline that we develop over the course of time? Well, I, I think it's, it's both, actually. It is a mindset of people, and, and some people, I, I'm sure, didn't start their career with a focus of saying, oh, I'm really going to be focused on continuous improvement. However, I think that most people in leadership roles they are driven by continuous improvement. They were probably over their uh, life as a young child in the school. They wanted to make good grades. They wanted to do things better. But many times I, I think 
the personal improvement side of it is easier, you know, to, to deal with because you've been dealing with that, you know, as a, as a, as a youngster all the way up to adulthood. But from the business standpoint, the other, the other part of continuous improvement and looking at leaders is it's not only trying to improve yourself all the time. And, and I believe even today, I need to get better and be, be better and improve myself than I, than I was yesterday. And I think it's a, it's a life, lifetime learning, continuous improvement focus. But the issue then is you also have to do it for your business, the company you're with. How do you take what you can offer to make certain that it, you, you can give ideas and focus and direction in order to improve the organization and its effectiveness or competitive advantage so that you're, you're going to be you know, producing product or services that are going to be better than someone else uh, in order for, this, for the company to be successful. So it's a two-pronged issue. It's personal improvement, but it's also the company's improvement. And what am I doing to promote both of those items? And let's, uh, let's double click on that for a second, because I do think it's a really important part because it, it kind of gets into what are we consuming? I mean, first and foremost, like you had said, this is not something that we can tie a bow on continuous improvement and then say, okay, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm good with that. It, it is a lifelong journey. And, and I would assume that it, it, it kind of gets into what are we consuming on a, a daily, a weekly, an annual basis. And I personally, I was listening to a, a podcast recently where the host was talking about how a lot of leaders, they, they want to be better and they talk about being better. But this individual that said, you know, a lot of leaders are on a junk food diet for their brains. Uh, they want to develop, but, you know, they go home and they binge watch net Netflix in their spare time, or they're watching pictures of people's food on social media and so forth. And they're not really developing. And so I, I think for, for some people who are listening, if they're saying, okay, you know, how do I continually improve or, or what are my first steps to try to start consuming the, the right information? Where, where, where do you start, I guess? <laughs> That's a great question. And I think you have to focus on, do, am I really serious about improving myself and improving my company? And if I am, then I'm going to be reading things that focus on self-improvement or company or industry improvement. I'm going to be talking to people. I'm going to investigate the technological advances for myself or for the business that I'm in. I'm going to be listening to people. I'm going to be you know, listening to documentaries, as, as you talked about, instead of uh, Netflix. But I'm going to be reading what's going on and listening to what's going on in the world and in my community and in my business and industry that I'm in. And then the more I can soak up that information, the better I'm going to be in terms of improving myself and improving the business. So it is a focus that you have to take. If you're going to be leading, you need to know your industry. You need to know your business. You need to know your competitors. You need to know everything about the, the type of business you're in because why are you in business to start with why is any why is senior one care in business what's this purpose what's this trying to achieve yeah and and i think that's a that's a great answer and you know and this is hard right i mean it's not 
It's mm-hmm. not something that is just really easy to do or else everyone would do it. And I do think that it, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes discipline. And I know you had kind of been hammering that home over not only the professional working career, but, but throughout uh, my life. And I think, you know, continuous improvement, it's a sweet spot for me because I know you always can get better. I think you already mentioned it. You know, how are you going to get better on a daily basis? And, you know, how, how can you get 1% better, you know, each and every year? And so it is, it, it's such a, um, there, there's so much content and, and dialogue that we could have about this subject, but it is, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to do because you got to build the right disciplines to want to do the things that you're talking about. But it's so critically important because if you don't do those things, and it's really tough, at least the way I see it, to grow in your leadership. Because if you're not consuming the right things, then, and your focus is somewhere else, and, and it's really difficult to grow in, in your leadership. So I think, yeah. I think that's really, really good, really good content. And I guess just as, as we, think, yeah, go on. I, I think one of the things that you just said, though, that is very important relative to continuous improvement is discipline. It's a discipline that I'm going to read the right things. I'm going to listen to the right things and the right people. And I'm going to focus. I'm going to I'm going to have this daily focus on improvement. I've got to get better. And I'm not just there to perform a function day in and day out at work. It's how am I personally going to get better? And what can I do to make certain the business is, is going to get better? Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. Uh, perfect ending to our conversation that we're having here today. And we're coming up to the end of our time together. But I do want to thank you, Carl, for joining us today. And, and this has been a, a really, really good discussion. And the great news is this is only part one. We got two more episodes left. And in our next episode, we are going to go through the next two attributes of what it takes to become a successful leader. So be sure to tune in. Uh, so on behalf of our guest, Carl Bossing, I am Kyle Bossing, signing off, and I look forward to having a conversation with you all real soon. Until next time, bye now.